if there was one thing I would do differently in my academic career, it would be, I often receive requests for career advice from early career researchers and students. Looking back, the one thing I would have done differently is to create a dedicated email address and website instead of relying on the institutional ones. I know it sounds silly and superficial, but given how often I've moved throughout the progress of getting my bachelor's degree, my master's, my doctorate, my postdoctorate, and post-postdoctoral roles, I can say that the physical relocation of all of these was just as isolating as the digital. Packing up and relocating myself and my family repeatedly for academia has been really challenging, especially for our family as we operated as a multi-generational home with a strong sense of community. While particularly harmful to academics with these types of family structures, this norm of physical relocation in academia can be disadvantageous for all of us as it severs our connections to our communities. Even on a digital level, when you graduate or leave the institution for another role, you often will lose access to all of your contacts, your email communications, your documents that you've written in various cloud storage software platforms. This can really sever your connections with your network and make you harder find. Intentional or not, university email addresses control access to this information, and it creates a dependence on these institutional servers. Of course, there are some data and records, like educational records or proprietary data, should be kept on institutional servers for security purposes and also out of ethical obligation to those data. Similarly, personal websites and email addresses might have a different security and protection than institutional ones. So it's crucial to research and consider the best practices for securing your personal online account, like really strong passwords or using two-factor authentication. Using university emails and web pages actively constrained my networking capacity and access to my intellectual property. Establishing a dedicated professional website, email address, and a newsletter could have been really valuable tools for me and may still be beneficial for other early career scholars. They allow you to maintain some control over your online presence, regardless of where you work, allowing you to build your brand beyond the institution. Owning your own digital footprint protects your freedom of speech, as some institutions can limit speech on their platforms. And additionally, email newsletters facilitate discussion and information sharing among colleagues and collaborators, leading to closer relationships and potential collaborations. Beyond my personal perspective, several studies have shown that creating websites and email newsletters can increase findability and citations for researchers. They can facilitate discussion and information sharing and protect academic freedom. For example, a study by Borman Shope and colleagues suggests personal branding helps academic researchers approach projects, determine their best fit within institutions, and understand and advocate for their engagement and advancement. The paper outlines a four-step process for faculty members to identify their brands, which can help them approach projects and responsibilities, determine how to work within their institutions, and understand and advocate for their engagement and advancement. These four steps involve engaging in self-reflection. So in the paper, participants will ask to list the five accomplishments they were most proud of. 
and then self-brand. So after creating their list of accomplishments, scholars looked for common themes to determine their current brand, i.e. what the work they are most proud of says about them in their lab. The third activity was to engage in a focus group. Here, other faculty members, so peers and mentors, review the list of accomplishments and why the faculty member is proud of the accomplishments and gives feedback about the brand. After completing steps one through three to refine the brand, the scholars were asked to reevaluate their CVs, websites, and promotion dossiers to see whether their desired brand aligned with their current activities. I'm interested to know if anyone out there has engaged in this type of practice and if there's any other steps to consider. Gorbatov and colleagues also published an EFA model that explained about 42% of the variance, supporting the positive impact personal branding has on career satisfaction and perceived employability. This is a quote from the paper. Traditionally, career outcomes have been conceptualized as career success, including largely objective and to a lesser extent subjective facets. Today, however, individuals move from firm to firm and from job to a job frequently. Career outcome criteria other than objective career success are therefore more important to contemporary workers. As reflected in a systematic review by Gorbachev and colleagues, it is worth noting that personal branding has become a fragmented area of research with diverse definitions and conceptual boundaries hindering its theoretical and empirical advancement. While this could be said for many research topics, the scientific literature on personal branding is still in its infancy, lacking universally valid frameworks or theories, if such a thing is possible. There is a need for more specific definition of individual branding processes in human brands. Limited scientific and academic research has been done on personal branding with subjective data and incomplete scientific procedures reviewing mostly the artistic industry and influencers on social media. If I could go back, I would definitely purchase a domain. I would set up a professional email address and I would start writing a weekly newsletter for anyone who would wanna remain connected to me. This way I have a repository of my growth and progress through academia and can maintain my network of esteemed colleagues and supportive mentors. More importantly, I would use Google to avoid having to breathe an entire department for their use of Outlook. I would then do all of my writing, researching, and saving to a dedicated cloud drive, although those technically didn't exist when I was doing my bachelor's degree in 2007, but we're talking hypotheticals and time travel here. At the very least, I would export all my emails and files before leaving an institution to retain access to essential communications and documents. I don't think I did this in the past out of excitement for starting a new institution, um, which I fully acknowledge was my fault and, and my responsibility. In conclusion, taking control of your online academic presence by establishing a personal website and email address is valuable for academic growth and intellectual property ownership. While security concerns exist, following best practices for securing personal online accounts can mitigate these issues. The internet makes establishing a personal brand more accessible than ever. With a custom email and a minimal website, you can take control of your online academic presence. This small step goes a long way in building your reputation and your network. What do you think? 
Have you made the switch from institutional to a dedicated personal online account? I'd love to hear your experiences in the comments. Thank you for watching.